0: Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. On our program tonight, Conservatives call for a sweeping probe of the government's pandemic response. But it appears the minority Liberals won't make this another confidence vote, lifting another threat of a snap election. Voters in British Columbia go to the polls this weekend in a provincial election there. Even as pandemic cases are surging, we'll look at the kind of campaign it's been. And our panel of party commentators on testing confidence, testing wills, and maybe even testing patience. And we'll begin tonight with more buzz today about a possible confidence vote on monday buzz the minority government seemed to set aside earlier this evening just a day after the liberals survived a test of confidence in the house with the main backing of the ndp the conservatives put forward another motion today this one to compel the health committee to conduct a wide-ranging examination of the government's covid 19 response including the production of thousands of documents and memos The vote on this motion won't happen until Monday. And right now, the Prime Minister's office says it will not be a matter of confidence. Even though government ministers are warning, if the motion is passed, it will paralyze the public service right in the middle of the pandemic response.
1: The motion that we have before parliament today is non-partisan. It's getting information that Canadians need so that we can move forward out of this pandemic. What timeline is the minister proposing to produce these documents?
2: Honorable minister. Of Canadians since the pandemic was first, uh, first announced and in fact when the COVID-19 has arrived on our shores. And in fact, not once has a Canadian asked me to put more resources into freedom of, of information officers. In fact, what they've asked me for is for to, to ensure that all the resources of Canada are devoted on one thing, Mr. Speaker, and that's the health, safety and economic prosperity of our country. And Mr. Speaker, we're going to continue to make sure that Canada has the most robust response possible. Thank you.
0: Well, let's bring in three members of Parliament now uh, from the House of Commons uh, from the Health Committee to talk about this Conservative motion and uh, whether or not we might be headed towards a a fast track to another confidence test on Monday. It seems today like uh, perhaps we're not. Uh, we'll talk about that. Darren Fisher is the parliamentary secretary to the Minister of Health, John Barlow is a conservative member of the Health Committee, and Don Davies is the health critic for the NDP. Uh, Good to see you all. Uh, Mr. Barlow, let me start with you if I can since this is a conservative motion. It calls for the production of thousands of documents from various government departments, emails and memos from the Prime Minister's office and so on, all in just 15 days.
3: What is it you want to find out and why is it so urgent? Well, I think there's no question for for all of us as members of Parliament and our constituents that the COVID pandemic is the number one issue uh, facing Canadians. What we want to know is uh, the answers to, I think, questions that just about every Canadian wants to know. What is the pathway forward for for vaccines? Um, Why have we been so slow to access rapid testing? Why was our early warning system um, dismantled? Uh, Why do we not have access to home testing? What is the impact on on mental health? A variety of, of issues, but um, I think it's important that these documents say how we got to where we are, what decisions were made on, on developing the, the pandemic programs, and where do we go from here. All right. Uh, so let, there's let me... no question these documents are important. All right. Mr. Fisher, uh, we're hearing from the uh, Prime Minister's office
0: today that this will not uh, be a confidence vote uh, when it comes before the House for a vote on Monday. Um, so I, I guess, where where does that leave? If, if, if Does that mean the government's inclined to Uh, push forward with this? And if not, what are some of the concerns you have about this motion?
4: Well, thank you. And and first, if I could just say hello to my my colleagues. Uh, Don, I know quite well, and Mr. Barlow, I don't know very well yet, but I assume we'll get to know each other very well working on the committee. And uh, I do want to say, and I think Dawn can attest to this, that we have worked in the past as a very good committee, a very collaborative committee. And it's unfortunate that there's a uh, you know a stumbling block in the first two meetings. Uh, when we walked into the first meeting, there was uh, you know a motion on the floor for uh, Mr. Van Bynen to study mental health as it pertains to COVID nineteen, which is an ep- epidemic within an epidemic, and is something that we see is incredibly important. And we thought that. We would sit down as a committee and come up with uh, some ideas of some studies that we would want to do, and uh, it didn't turn out that way. We got handed a three- or a four-page motion, which covered all of the nuts and bolts from A to Z or A to Q. Uh, Now, in fairness, um, there was nobody in the committee that said that we didn't feel... We should continue to study COVID-19. That is something that I think, and, and you know, Don and then okay. Mr. Barlow. Can, but you know, I, I, I got
0: to move you along. You know how widespread, yeah. uh, how wide sweeping this motion is. Are you Absolutely. okay you know, the health minister is saying today, look, you're asking for too much too quick. Is that the only issue here? If you can negotiate a timeline that's a little more generous perhaps than 15 days, are you on, are liberals on side with pushing ahead with this kind of investigation?
4: So, when you're, you're speaking about the uh, the production of the documents portion of the motion, this is a big omnibus motion. And you know, when it comes to the production of the documents, it is absolutely gonna impact our response to COVID. There's no question. We have public health officials, public health, public servants who are working around the clock. And I know Don doesn't necessarily agree with this point of view. Uh, and I know I've heard Mr. Barlow disagree with this as well. But, you know, this is uh, we're we're entering the second wave. We need to look forward and look current and not necessarily at this moment look to the past.
0: All right. Mr. Davies, do you accept that uh, the, the government's reasoning for that? Look, you're asking for way too much. It'll stop the whole COVID response while we go looking for documents. You don't buy
5: it. Well, it depends if you want to talk spin or you want to talk facts. I mean, the facts are, is just read the motion. The motion is not broad. In fact, the the motion that uh, guided the health committee for the first six months of the year said that we were to study uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and the government's response. You don't get any broader than that. And that allowed us to delve into all sorts of issues that we went into. We heard from 171 witnesses. So this motion that came before us is the same. Uh, As John uh, just said, it reflects the fact that we think we should be studying COVID-19, which is the number one public health issue in the country. And then it lists a number of issues that say we can look into any area, such as the following. Right. And then it lists a bunch. It doesn't require us to go anywhere. So I categorically reject that this is sweeping or or any different than anything else we're doing. Number two in terms of production, you know the Liberals have refused to produce one document. Frankly I have no idea why they would be reluctant to let the Health Committee look at certain documents and this is targeted production. This isn't broad. We're looking for documents relating to Canada's early warning system into our vaccine development. And protocol uh, and our PPE readiness. Okay, let me, but, but uh, so, let me. So these are important for the committee to have in order to focus our our uh, examinations. All
0: right, and Mr. Barlow, let me move back to you. Uh, you're asking for a lot of documents. You want them in 15 days. Couple of things. Are you willing to extend? Have a conversation about extending the timeline. Number one, and number two, um, what I mean, what do you is is the purpose of this committee to try and uh, you know, pin blame on on the government or find faults in the government's response, uh, so that uh, you know you can make the government look bad. That's that's the concern I think the liberals
1: have.
3: Sure, I'll answer your first question first. Uh, we asked several times today during the debate and during question period. If fifteen days is too quick, what would be the timeline? What would you like to see? Is it right, the, min- days, the minister wouldn't give you a timeline. Days. Wouldn't give us an answer, so we've we've opened the door to those negotiations, but we want a definitive answer. We don't want this to go on uh, on in perpetuity. To answer your second question, no, this is not to lay blame. The the whole point of this is to find out how we got here. If if there have been successes, and and the Liberals spoke all day today about how amazing their programs are, well, if that's the case, then then why are you concerned about? Um, putting these documents out for public view and accountability and scrutiny. If, if that's the point, then then we should be able to celebrate that. And, and I find it interesting that they're saying, you know, the public sector workers can't uh, manage to walk and chew gum here. I'm not saying they're not doing a good job, but the minister has also given herself special powers to demand documents from drug companies. So it's kind of hypocritical when drug companies should be busy making vaccines and rapid tests and, 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 you know, to ask them for documents, but it's not okay when we're asking the Liberal government for documents.
0: Okay. Uh, Mr. Fisher, let me come back to you. Uh, Do you you accept uh, the opposition premise that we're hearing here, that there is an urgency to examining uh, your government's COVID response and that there needs to be a critical examination of what's been working and what hasn't? And you can't really do that unless you can see exactly uh, how, how, you know, how government plans and responses were laid out by pouring through documents and calling before the committee the people who put the response together. Is that
5: fair?
4: I, I I absolutely believe that there will need to be a time for a debrief or a post-mortem on Canada's response to COVID-19. In the middle of the uh, resurgence or the second wave as some people call it is not the time to look backwards. It's the time to look current and look forward. and And that is, I think, what one of our, the crux of one of our arguments are. We take these, Public health, public servants away from their job to sift through. Uh, you said thousands; it's more like tens of thousands of documents, and put them on that task when their task right now is right. and the task of the government at this moment. So and let me the let me ask you what happens to keep it, Canadians safe.
0: If if, uh, if the government does not make it a test of confidence when we have the vote on Monday, uh, given the Bloc supports it, the NDP supports it, Conservative support it, it's likely going to pass. That motion then compels the committee to do that. Uh, So you'll follow that order from the House if that's what happens if the motion passes, correct?
4: Absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, you know, again, you can ask anyone I've served with on committee, we're, we're a very collaborative bunch and this is something that, uh, you know, we understand the importance of continuing a study on COVID-19. I hope that we can continue to look current and look forward in, in the, the studies that we choose. Uh, going back to uh, Mr. Van Bynen's motion on mental health, that was the first motion that was put forward and that is a very important motion to the constituents in Dartmouth-Coal Harbour. And it was shut down. The de- the debate was adjourned right. and that was a little bit disappointing so and going back to the comments about how many people we have seen and how many experts that we've had in front of the committee we had one meeting specifically on mental health so one of the concerns i have and that's something that could possibly be fleshed out at the committee is working on how many meetings per now other okay members well, that, put, that,
0: that sounds like the mechanics of what happens after the motion passes and, and how you deal with that committee mr mr davies i guess for now, the government's saying it's not a confidence motion. I'm wondering if that possibility, that could change over the weekend as uh, as we get towards the vote on Monday. And let me ask you this. If, if it turns into a confidence test, how, how wedded is the NDP to making sure this motion passes? I'm, I'm guessing if you didn't want an election Wednesday, you won't want one on Monday if they make it a test of confidence.
5: Well, it would be absurd to make it a motion of confidence. You know, the Liberals are at Finance and Ethics Committees arguing against Filibustering those committees arguing that it's taking away from the real focus, which should be on COVID-19 So here we are at the health committee trying to study COVID-19 It it would be absurd if they're filibustering and stopping that. Look Canadians want answers. They want an end to these games They want us to be working collaboratively and productively and getting answers and 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 by the way the, the This motion is not looking at things in the past or seeking to lay blame it's seeking to get documents on where we're at now so we can chart a path forward. Okay. So things like where are we at okay. with vaccines? What is the distribution protocol for that? Do our, our uh, first uh, responders have enough PPE? Where are we at with, the, with our early warning system in case there's a third wave? So uh, this is not just about looking backward. This is about getting a good snapshot of where we are at now and how we can best move forward and how the health committee can not only hold the government accountable, but also make positive suggestions to the government so how we can keep Canadians safer. Right. They've made a lot of mistakes so far. Uh, we want to help avoid those mistakes going forward. That's our
0: time. Happy to get, hear all your perspectives tonight, gentlemen, and perhaps uh, we'll follow up again next week when we see where this motion goes. But uh, Darren Fisher, uh, John Barlow, and Don Davies, good to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Take care. Thanks, Peter. Voters in British Columbia will choose a new government this weekend, and the polls suggest they may return uh, the old government, the NDP, to power. NDP leader and Premier John Horgan called the election a year before the fixed date, hoping to win a majority to replace his minority government. He's campaigned on the need to continue pandemic relief measures. His opponents, Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson and Green leader Sonia Firstino, have criticized Horgan's decision to call the snap election early, while the province is dealing with COVID-19. With just a couple of days left in the campaign, let's look at how it's uh, gone so far and what to expect on voting day. Ian Bailey is a reporter with The Globe and Mail. He joins me from Vancouver. Uh, Ian Bailey, good to see you again. Thanks for taking time to speak with me. Good to see you too, Peter. Look, how has the pandemic changed the the way the campaign is unfolding in British Columbia?
6: Well, it's interesting. You know, the, the leaders are not doing the things that we take for granted in elections. They are traveling around the province. They are meeting with partisans. But it's happening in very small groups with social distancing and masks. The media is not on any kind of bus or any kind of plane following the leaders around per se. But TV reporters, uh, newspaper photographers and others are showing up for events and catching uh, footage um, um, uh, you know, that way. Right. We are members of the media. We do dial into daily news conferences with the leaders. We um, you know, call them in every day, and we're putting the questions to them on the campaign trail that we normally would put to them.
0: All right. But like, it's just, let me ask everything's a, a little bit more at a distance. Sure. Let me ask you, there, there's there's almost daily criticism from uh, um, the other party leaders for John Horgan about the fact he called this election early. Uh, is it having an effect on, on, on his campaign?
6: Well, no, the numbers, the polls suggest that it's not having any effect. The NDP remains out in front, liberals behind the Greens in third place. Um, as recently as today, uh, Sonia first no leader of the Green Party, an event I was listening to earlier this morning was sharply attacking Mr. Horgan for calling this election at this time. Andrew Wilkinson will be speaking to the media later today, and I expect he'll do the same. Hmm. But it doesn't really seem to be shaking or adjusting the dynamic of this campaign in any substantial
0: way. All right. What, what about voter turnout? Uh, uh, you know, pandemic cases have hit a record numbers lately in B.C. And what's being said about how COVID-19 could affect voter participation? What's happening?
6: Well, the, the Elections BC, the provincial agency that manages elections, started planning for an election during a pandemic, or as the pandemic began. And they've put in the resources for a significant amount of mail-in voting. And mail-in voting, which usually is, uh, gets about 6,500 voters participating, is way up in this campaign. We have uh, numbers today, and I'm just going to look down at some of them. Sure. Elections BC has received one million ballots in the mail from voters. Um, These are ballots that voters have sent back in. Um, The highest ever advanced turnout in BC of uh, 681,055 votes cast. So um, people are finding ways to cast their ballots. People are finding ways, it seems, to sort of make their views known. Although we'll have final numbers, um, obviously, uh, Over the weekend and actually we'll hear more tomorrow Mm. with a briefing uh, from elections bc
0: have there been any policy surprises i i understand how you know uh uh, measures to deal with a pandemic could could suck up all the interest in the campaign is is anybody trying to sort of think outside that box or is it all about the pandemic
6: um there's been an interesting policy from the bc liberals a proposed suspension for a year of the seven percent provincial sales tax that was an interesting idea um, uh, and then cutting it uh, in the year after that, which was certainly interesting. Um, the NDP has proposed a, a pandemic relief uh, payment of $1,000 for families with incomes of 125000 and under. Those two come to mind as some of the more, uh, uh, especially the sales tax cuts, some of the more interesting policies. Uh, regionally, there's been an interesting proposal from the Liberals to hold a referendum on a plan in the city of Surrey, province's second most populous city to oust the RCMP and replace some of the new municipal force. But so those are some of the more interesting ideas that have come along from the parties at this point.
0: Campaigns are often plagued by a misstep here or there. Have have there been any really serious ones that uh, may have turned the campaign one way or the other?
6: There have been a succession of missteps, uh, some of them linked to Zoom calls and sort of video events. And uh, something that, you know, that have sort of occurred during the campaign. In one case, uh, there was a, a member from the North Shore who made some toxic remarks about a new Democrat MLA in a retirement roast for another liberal MLA. Um, it forced the liberal leader to deal with this, the news conference called, to deal with his platform release. Um, a member of the liberal caucus was ousted um, because of remarks he made in a, uh, an all-candidates meeting on Zoom about the NDP's policy on uh, providing free contraception. Hmm. Um, there was an interesting event during the televised debate where Mr. Horgan and Mr. Wilkinson fumbled questions on white privilege right. um, that prompted them the next day to offer the correct answers on the issues, which they basically did, and it sort of brought, a, uh, which is rare in a B.C. campaign. I've been here for about six. This is my sixth, I believe, which is rare in a British Columbia campaign to have Issues of diversity flaring up in a campaign. And uh, Nathan Cullen has been in trouble for some remarks he's made. Former NDP MP is right. running in the north about a rival candidate, and liberal candidate also running in the north.
0: All right. Uh, but it, it would seem like uh, that Mr. Horgan's headed for uh, victory and, and likely with a majority this time. And I uh, just let our viewers know they can uh, watch BC election coverage right here on CPAC on Saturday night. Ian Bailey, thanks so much for taking time to speak with me today. Appreciate it. A pleasure. Well, let's bring our panel of party commentators on board now. This week, I'm joined by Liberal commentator Susan Smith. Kate Harrison is a Conservative commentator, and Anne McGrath is the National Director of the NDP. Good to see you all again. Thanks for being here.
7: Nice to see you, Peter. Susan, let
0: me start with you. We now have another motion calling for a sweeping Health Committee investigation now into the pandemic response from the government. Uh, An order for thousands of documents, including emails and notes from the Prime Minister's office. The government side says, again, this is another one of those motions that will paralyze government. But the government's saying that it's, uh, tonight the PMO is saying it's not going to be a, a test of confidence when this vote is held on Monday. Uh, when it was a test of confidence, it was because that motion would have paralyzed the government. This one's going to paralyze the government too. What's the difference here? Why isn't this a test of confidence?
7: Well, that's a good question, Peter. But I think perhaps uh, maybe they want to show that they want let, to let the Canadians see how foolish some of these motions are and some of the paralysis that can take place. Uh, What happened yesterday involved a motion with the word corruption in it, which is actually a criminal activity. And that really, I think, demonstrates if the the opposition really thought that that was in fact the case and that was what was going on in government, then that clearly demonstrates a lack of confidence in the government. Uh, I think what you're seeing, though, is the kind of of silly shenanigans that the Conservatives are putting in place. And I think it's actually putting Erin O'Toole in a really tough spot he hasn't yet been able to brand himself as a leader. And what he's having to do is continually respond to the kinds of antics of Michelle Rempel and Pierre Paulyev. And if he's trying to put a different face on the Conservative Party and position them as a party of opposition or a party that could lead this country, they actually have to put in—they have to, have to sh- put in the window what they would do for Canadians instead of playing partisan games. Okay, let me, Canadians don't care about what's going on in committee. Canadians care about what's going to land on their dinner tables.
0: All right, Kate, let, let me let you respond to that, uh, noting that this morning, uh, Mr. O'Toole was side by side with uh, uh, Michelle Rempel Garner uh, to uh, uh, talk about this motion. Uh, what do you think's changed here? They, it, you know, the, the stresses on the system seem to are going to be the same with this motion as they would have been under the, the WE motion, but this one won't be a test of confidence. What are your thoughts?
1: I think it's because the Liberals have realized that trying to defend not sharing all information around the pandemic response and answering some pretty straightforward questions around rapid tests and things like that would be a hard case to make to Canadians. If you start dangling the threat of a confidence motion, Uh, over every single uncomfortable or inconvenient question that the opposition poses to you, Uh, you run the risk of looking like you're willing to throw uh, the government uh, in disarray over effectively anything. And it would substantiate the narrative that the Liberals want to see an election sooner rather than later if they're going to start uh, dangling that confidence motion at the drop of a hat. So I think that the Liberals have uh, rightly read that trying to make the case to defend that decision on issues related to pandemic preparedness, which a lot of Canadians want to see answers about, would be very difficult for a lot of Canadians to understand. Right. Why would we go to an election without providing that information?
0: And let me turn to you. The, uh, the one thing this also does, if it's not a test of confidence, is it uh, doesn't put the NDP in a position of having to decide if it didn't want an election on Wednesday, it doesn't want an election on Monday, if it's a confidence test. So uh, what do you think has happened here? Why is this not a vote of confidence?
2: Well, I think that yesterday's uh, uh, kind of shenanigans, really, uh, I didn't really look good on either the Liberals or the Conservatives. It was clear, I think, to everybody that the Liberals were itching for an election and they were using this as an excuse to try and get the election that they wanted. I also think that the Conservatives played into their hands by overreaching and going a little bit too far in, in the uh, in the motion for the for the committee. Having the word corruption in there was a problem, um, and and I think that they were they were overreaching. They were perhaps playing to their base. Uh, I don't know wh- what they were doing, but they but they overreached. I don't think they wanted an election necessarily either, but clearly the liberals did. And uh, and what happened was that Canadians who are, as Susan rightly says, worried about what's going to be on their dinner table, worried about whether or not their jobs are going to be there next month, right. worried about their kids in school. Of- that was that was that was uh, a political theater that is not really. Consistent with, uh, with with the moment. However, I will right, but say, if, they, if, they if had the liberals a, if turn every, if the liberals turn every single demand for accountability and scrutiny into a confidence measure, that would be so irresponsible.
0: Right, but if they really I mean, are, they, they if to, really, they to
2: be examined,
0: if they're really itching for uh, for an election and the grounds for for. Uh, uh, protesting and making a, a test of confidence the last motion was, that, look, you're going to tie up the public service when they're busy doing other stuff, and that's not on. And uh, they have a chance, they, if they really want an election, they have a chance to, to look to try and trigger one again on Monday. So, uh, Susan, why, why not push ahead with that? If Liberals really want an election, go for it.
7: Well, I think it goes back to that word that Anne and I both said, and I'm not going to say again because I don't like it, because um, uh, I don't think it's true. I don't think there is corruption in this government, so I did say it. I think that was the kicker on this one, um, and the wide-reaching. I mean, the motion, and most ordinary Canadians won't have taken the time to read the motion from yesterday. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, I think uh, the House of Commons has ways and means to to do these examinations. There's committees. There's the Ethics Committee. There's the uh, Public Accounts Committee that are chaired by Conservatives, These, as well as all the other committees. If, if there are, and I think light should be shed on these pandemic spending decisions. There's no question of that. And the liberals don't have any issue with that. What they do have issue is loaded up um, uh, committee motions or committee mandates that could be, might as well just say, let us do whatever the heck we want, call whoever we want for no absolute gain other than to promote ourselves as a conservative brand, right? And that's exactly what it was. So I don't think that's productive for every anybody, but I do think, and I don't think you're going to continue continue to see everything being put forward as a confidence motion. Depends how things track. Maybe you well, see the all economic update be put forward as a confidence motion. That's yeah, possible, that, that I definitely think, and then the budget will be, right. it is by very
0: okay. major. So, so Kate, that takes us to, okay, the, the motion Let's presumably the mo- not a test of confidence. The, the NDP supports it on Monday because they, they want to support the motion. Uh, that this motion compels the health committee to get to work on this stuff. I suppose what I'm watching for now is to see, okay, what, what does all of this mean? Does that mean that we'll actually see the parties get back together and try and negotiate a timetable for producing documents and actually show that they can work together? Or are we past that point now? Are we past the point now where we're just we're just covering runway here until we get to the, the fall of the government in an election?
1: Yeah, I, I think that it's in both the NDP and the Conservative and the bloc's interest to try and make this work. Uh, I think that Canadians, by and large, want to see answers on these issues. Uh, And especially when it comes to to pandemic spending, issues like rapid tests, uh, use of masks, uh, border closures, everything like that, that Canadians have been wanting answers about for some time. This is the avenue to go about and do it. Um, You know, it would look pretty rich for the prime minister to stand up and and talk about the importance of transparency and have these, you know, kind of weekly or every other day availabilities uh, and not start providing that information. So I do think that we will get to a point where perhaps it's not as big a scope as what the conservatives would like to see. uh, But there is some meaningful movement on providing uh, information through that committee. And I think it's really incumbent on the NDP who supported this. Uh, when it came forward to health committee previously to continue to that offer that support right. and not cave to a reduced scope by, as what determined by the liberals.
0: Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like the. In talking to the health critic Don Davies uh, earlier on the program, it sounds like uh, he he likes what's in this motion. Uh, he's got some other ideas too. But uh, and let me ask you uh, to wrap up here. Uh, do you see this? Uh, I mean, how important will will it be to watch how this unfolds to whether or not these parties get past what happened in the House yesterday in the test of confidence to actually trying to make the Parliament work, if you think that's really what they want?
2: I think if every demand for scrutiny leads to paralysis, then we're in a very sorry state. I don't think anyone should accept the idea that you can shovel uh, billions of dollars out the door and not do some kind of, you know, due diligence on on where it went and who it went to and and all of those kinds of things. And the other thing that I think is important in this motion is the uh, request for uh, uh, information on preparation for a future pandemic. Because I don't think anyone believes that this is is a one-time thing. Uh, You know, we are in a second wave now in many parts of the country. And... You know this this could happen again and certainly one of the lessons of this pandemic i think has been that we were not prepared and we must be prepared in the future so we have to look at what's happened uh what the conduct of the government has been during this pandemic but also what the preparations are for the next one so i think that there's a lot in that motion that i think would be very helpful and i hope that all parliamentarians will do their their work and make sure that uh that that we find out what has happened and what we're doing to be ready for the next time. Yeah,
0: well, as always, they have time to talk over the weekend. We'll see uh, where this heads before we have this vote on this motion on Monday and see if, uh, if by the time we get to Monday, it's still not a confidence vote. So we'll watch for that too. Susan Smith, Kate Harrison, Anne McGrath, uh, always good to talk to you. Thanks for uh, joining us again tonight. Thank you.
7: Thanks, Peter.
0: Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Primetime Politics. From all of us here at CPAC, thanks again for watching. We'll see you next time.